What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Sacktown Movie Buffs. Once again, I'm Kier, and this is Jason, and today we are back doing another movie review. Uh, today we are going to be reviewing The Last Blockbuster, which can be found now streaming on Netflix, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, which can be found streaming on Netflix. Um, so, The Last Blockbuster. Tell us what that is all about, Mr. Jason. Uh, it's pretty pretty simple. It's a uh, it's a documentary about uh, the last blockbuster store in part. Um, it, it's it's also kind of about the the rise and fall of block, the blockbuster chain from when it was one of the biggest uh, brand names in the world um, to you know with the advent of streaming and of course Netflix. Ironically, that you can find it where you can find this movie now is on Netflix. Uh, um, how they became basically from one of the biggest chains in the world to um, basically worth almost less than nothing with only one store left in the whole world up in Oregon. Um, so it's, it's a documentary. Um, these kind of, it's kind of uh, kind of a subgenre of documentaries that are big now, kind of uh, I call them like nostalgia documentaries. Um, there's a million of them now. And personally, I love it. You know what I mean? Like if I'm looking for something, that's not going to be too taxing on the brain, like to watch after work or something. And there's a documentary about Blockbuster or Garbage Pail Kids or the Power Glove or, you know, whatever it is. That's usually what I, I just go for is something simple like that. Um, they're not all of the same quality, though, um, I have found. Um, this documentary, I thought I thought it was going to be a shoe in for me because I, you know, like all, you know, movie buffs of a certain age and older. Um, I spent a whole lot of time in blockbusters and renting videos. Um, and I have a whole lot of nostalgia for that period of my life. You know, when, um, you know, I would show up at blockbuster at 1145 at night and have, have to pick something real quick, you know, and I have a lot of memories associated with video stores and, and blockbuster in particular. So I couldn't wait to watch this documentary to be awesome, uh, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> But um, this documentary, I would say it's not one of the better of the nostalgia-driven documentaries I've seen. Um, it, actually, it actually gave me some odd feelings because I, I kind of wish that it was a documentary more about the, the phenomenon of renting videos and how that has, for the most part, gone away um, and rather than focusing on a chain um, because... It made me feel kind of weird that it was a movie about the nostalgia for video stores, uh, but it was about like the Walmart of video stores that in its day uh, was responsible for basically destroying a whole lot of the, the independent video stores and the mom and pop shops. Um, so it seems kind of like misplaced nostalgia for me. Like I have a whole lot of nostalgia for renting videos, but I don't, I don't think uh, being nostalgic about the the monopoly uh of video stores um is kind of the right way to go with it i don't know i really enjoyed the stuff about the actual last last blockbuster the last blockbuster store up in oregon the lady who runs it with her family um i you know it, that all that stuff was fun uh but as far as a documentary about blockbuster um i thought it was kind of going about it all wrong and it seemed to be, you know, they brought that one thing that bothered me is that they brought in Lloyd Kaufman, who is, you know, you know, trauma films. I'm not the hugest trauma fan, but I, I do like, uh, I do like my share of trauma films. And it seems like he was the only person that was going to say anything negative at all about Blockbuster. 
and they pretty much just just cut him off. Um, you know, he was, it seemed like he was trying to make a point about how, you know, if you weren't one of the big film companies, you couldn't even get your films into Blockbuster, and they pretty much rolled over everybody else. And it seems like he was trying to make that point, and they basically just don't show his interview. Um, I know I've said so, some people have said, like, he was being kind of a jerk to the documentary crew. Maybe. That may be true. But uh, I, I, I still have a feeling like he, he spoke for more than 111 seconds or whatever it was. And it seemed like they just weren't interested in including that. So, um... So again, like I have a lot of nostalgia for Blockbuster and for renting videos, but this movie just seemed a little bit confused on that end. Um, misdir misdirected nostalgia, I guess I could say. I have a I, now I have a lot more nostalgia for the mom and pop shops I used to go to, um, as opposed to Blockbuster actually. So it was okay. I mean, like uh, as far as ninety minutes, uh, ninety minutes, it you know it wasn't the worst use of 90 minutes um but uh i didn't i didn't i wasn't crazy about it how about you kier um i actually liked it um i didn't have a problem with it um i thought it was a good documentary i thought it was nostalgic um you know i mean anybody can nitpick something i mean almost everything that went out of business at one point was probably the top whatever it was in its class if they did a documentary about toys r us they were probably the biggest toy store on the block when they'm sure they probably put other toy stories out, you know, McDonald's, Walmart, whatever. I mean, basically what you're just saying in, in that sense that you don't like corporations um, because mm. almost every documentary is, comes in and there's a, they're going to pull out smaller chains or whatever case may be. So I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't quite get that. And that Lloyd Kaufman, um, you know, I don't know a lot of his films. I've heard of a few of them, but I mean, he did, I mean, he was kind of a jerk. I mean, they probably did cut the interview short. There might have been more footage in there, but that's not. I don't. I wouldn't blame the, the the film producers on that. They were asking him his name. He wasn't even wanting to like give his name or anything. Like from the get go, he had an attitude about it. Like it was almost like he really didn't even want to do the documentary. So what? I mean, I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that part because I think that he was being a jerk. Um, he, you know, basically they they started asking him his name, his company, and he was just like not even wanting. Like, why do you need that information? Why do I have to tell you that? So, I mean, he was combative before they even got into the interview. So, yeah, they probably did cut it off short. Um, he just seemed like a total jerk, pretty much. And he probably did have some negative things to say about Blockbuster, but the way he went about it was just completely wrong. And Blockbuster has been pretty much closed down for years now, so you're still that angry about it after all these years that, you know, you can't conduct yourself without being a jerk as soon as the cameras come rolling. I, I don't know. I, I kind of disagreed with that. But I thought it was fun. I thought it was nostalgic. Um, they did focus mostly on the last store, which was the primary, the, the chunk of the documentary itself. People were coming by. There was like a lot of famous people that came by and wanted to see it. People that were visiting Oregon would come in and, and check it out. And I don't know. I think it was just something fun and nostalgic about there's still like one chain left. And I think they, they did a great job of actually showing that, showing like, you know, everything that the, that the manager, the general manager is doing to basically keep the chain going and having to pull like old computer parts from like old computers and stuff just to, you know, keep the, the, the system running properly. Because if something broke down, they didn't have like an IT department or anything to go to to fix it. Um, you know, and it was just great. You could just tell the people in that town were, you know, all still going there and supporting it. And they continued to rent videos. And, and like I said, there were celebrities that came by and, um, you know, the super high me guy came by and, and, you know, to check it out. And, you know, it still had his card from like back in the day. And, 
you know, it, I, I don't know. I thought it was fun. I thought it was a good documentary. I thought it was thorough. And, and I think that, you know, I guess anybody could nitpick a, a documentary about a large corporation that unfortunately put other businesses out of business because that's usually what happens whenever time you grow into a large corporation. You know, maybe 10 years from now, we'll be talking about, you know, how Netflix did the exact same thing pretty much, you know, in, in a nutshell, you know what I mean? Or how, you know, Amazon has put, you know, is putting all, all of the brick and mortar stores out of business or, you know, something of that nature. So I can't really fault the documentary for, for talking about that because that's, that's just part of life. That's just kind of what it is. I mean, like I said, you could, you could make that argument almost any larger company that's, that's big today that may not be big in 20 years from now and say, oh, well, that's terrible that Amazon put so-and-so out of business. Well, yeah, it's terrible. But unfortunately, with, you know, capitalism in America, that's kind of what happens, um, you know, and, 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 you know, they came in, they would, you know, buy people out or give people deals in order to sell the their shares or sell the blockbuster to them. And, and that's kind of what most companies that grow do they move into an area they offer more competitive pricing or a larger selection or whatever case may be and it's always the mom and pop stores that take a hit you know i worked at walgreens for almost you know eight years went back when i was in college as a pharmacy technician and we would put mom and pop you know little small mom and pop drugstores out of business just because they couldn't keep up with the inventory that you know that the pharmacy could you know so that i don't know that just happens i feel like it's part of life but um, I thought it was a fun documentary. I thought it was fun. I didn't think it was too serious. Um, you know, it was, it was, you know, very light. It was short. Like you said, it was about 90 minutes long. And um, I don't know. Overall, I thought it was a good documentary and pretty thorough. And, and it gave me a sense of nostalgia just remembering going to video stores 20 years ago or whatever it was now and not probably less than that. But um, but when I was really going to video stores quite a bit before all the streaming and things of that nature, I just like being able to go out and get out of the house and actually be able to like go to a store and look at the selections and that sort of thing. And that was kind of the argument that the documentary and the people in the documentary were making is like, now we just kind of turn on Netflix and basically, you know what I mean? Look through titles that way. And I don't know, there's just something fun about physically being able to go into a store and actually, you know, browse the, the the walls and look and and find you know other films that are similar or um at the last blockbuster they actually had the the section where they had the uh the picks of the employee the employee picks uh, you know i always like those those are always kind of fun to look at as well whenever i went into the store just to kind of see what their tastes were and if they had if they liked some of the same movies that i like you know what I mean? I would look at some of the films that I hadn't seen and maybe I'd rent one of those because I'm like, OK, this guy seems like he's got pretty good taste or she seems like she you know, likes some of the same kind of movies that I like. I'm going to rent one of these movies and check it out. So uh, you just don't get that. I mean, now there's like some algorithm on Netflix that basically says because you watch X, Y, Z, you might also like these other 15 films and some of the ones I've seen and I don't and I hated them. You know what I mean? They weren't. I'm like, why would you recommend that? Or or it would just be like some other, like if I watch like a stand-up comedy special, they would just give me a whole slew of other stand-up comedy specials that really had nothing to do with that particular one. It wasn't even the same type of comedy, you know what I mean? It was just like, well, you seem to like comedy specials, so 
here's 15 more that you might like, you know what I mean? So, um, but you know, but they didn't have it in the same subject or subject matter and same thing with like action movies or comedies or whatever. But, um, but no, I, I thought it was a fun documentary. Um, like I said, I, I think it gave us a uh, us back to a time where, you know, going to the video store and renting at the video store. And, you know, I remember getting off of work as a, as, you know, young or in college and, and I get off of work and I'd go rent some movies and, you know, keep them usually far too long and <laughs> come back and have, you know, $20 in late fees and that kind of stuff. So I do remember all that. But I also remember there was like a blockbuster in every corner. So if my late fees got too high, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to return these and go open up another membership down the street. <laughs> Start <laughs> over again. Start over again fresh. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I frequented Blockbuster quite a bit. And then, you know, we also went to Hollywood Video, which is here. I don't know if that, I mean, they were a chain as well. I don't know how, if they were as, I don't think they were as big as Blockbuster, obviously. But um, but I'm assuming they fell into the same the same problems um, that some of the other chains ran ran into also. Uh, the the only thing that I did add is, is you know, everybody in the documentary initially was, you know, without, it's not a big spoiler or anything, but everybody pretty much think that Net, thinks that Netflix was responsible for, you know, kind of the demise of Blockbuster and the argument was was no, that it really wasn't the demise of Blockbuster. But I still feel like those streaming services, no matter what the documentary says, because it was a Netflix documentary, you know, basically, no matter what they say, Netflix was still really, really responsible for that. I mean, they just, because when they did their, because they did the, I, I know you're one of the, the few people that still rent films from Netflix in the mail. Um, but when they went yeah. to the mail, their mail service, you know, that convenience factor made it easier as well, you know, because that was already the start of it because, you know, and they were already competing because I remember when Netflix and Redbox um, started coming out and they're both kind of being like getting more and more popular. I remember that Blockbuster and some of the other chains were able to like get some deal in place where they had like exclusive rights to like newer movies for like the first 30 days or something like that to kind of combat what they were doing. Um, so uh -huh. you, you could rent a movie at Blockbuster quicker than it would come to Netflix at that particular time. Um, and as that started to like, so they were already having trouble like keeping up and struggling. And then they also went to try to copy uh, that formula by going with an online service. So clearly it was making yeah. a difference. I mean, the, the documentary will try to come off like that had nothing really to do with that, but it was, it was obvious that that was inevitably what was happening, you know, and that's, and that's cause you could argue that with any online service. I mean, that's why Amazon is putting so many brick and mortar stores out of business because the prices are cheaper. It, it's easier to do. And then obviously with the streaming service, I mean, that's just so much easier because they're already really, and Netflix really didn't have any late fees. You just rented the film until you had it. And then when you were done, you just put it back in the mail and you returned it. Um, you know, whereas Blockbuster at that time was, was charging late fees and that's kind of how they were making a lot of their monies. And try to explain that that was kind of partially what, you know, was the end for them when they started doing the end of late fees and that kind of stuff. Well, it was like, well, why did they have to do the end of late fees? Because they were in competition with Netflix who never had really any late fees to begin with. You know what I mean? So that's uh -huh. why they had to even go to that method. So no matter what the documentary says, Netflix ultimately was the demise of Blockbuster is, is my point. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it at least played a big big hand in it for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it you know, it may not have been the 
the actual nail in the coffin, but it definitely helped build that coffin. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, there, there, there really wasn't much wiggle room and, you know, there's an argument in the documentary how there was a point where Blockbuster could have been like an online video store service and stuff like that because they started. Well, they were right. Weren't they? Uh, they, they I, mean, were, I remember but... Blockbuster online. I never signed up for it, but I remember yeah, they, well, they, they said tried that, with they, that. The argument was is they never actually took off because they still had a lot of debt, whereas whereas Netflix didn't have debt and that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And then and then they blamed it on basically the the crash of two thousand and eight because they had a lot of debt and Netflix didn't have well yeah Netflix didn't have any debt because they were already a successful streaming service. Where of course if you're getting into the streaming market you're gonna have debt because that's not a that wasn't a, an avenue that they had ventured into. Whereas Netflix was already in the game. You know what I mean? They were already that that service. So. I don't know. I think even if 2008 and the, the recession hadn't happened, I don't know that, you know, Blockbuster would have taken off because honestly, I don't even ever renting from the Blockbuster on, to, on on demand. I don't know about you, but I, I don't recall. No, no. I mean, it was a streaming service like Netflix, you know, and uh, streaming uh, that, was, right? that was yeah, they were basically trying to compete with Netflix. And um, I never I never signed up for it. Yeah, I never I had, I had Netflix. It, so, but, but the, the well, I, no, 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 it wasn't streaming. It was like renting by mail. Yeah, like yeah, Netflix yeah, started. Mail. yeah. So it was it was in direct co competition with them. But they were already late in the game for that. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it was already most people had already established that Netflix was the way to go for that. I don't know that Blockbuster was going to make that much inroads to cutting off their business, and there really wouldn't have been any incentive for that because most people already had Netflix at that particular point. So, um, so yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that there was ever a, an avenue where Blockbuster was going to stay steady and be successful. So, no, at least not in that capacity, anyways. So, yeah, yeah. But, um, but you know, you never know. I guess, I guess anything was possible. I mean, you, you know, but, but with like just there's so much competition now with like Amazon and 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 you know Amazon Prime and and I, I don't know. I just don't know if they would have been able to to make a, a, enough inroads into to, to staying into a viable. And if you're already in debt when you're getting into that service, <laughs> there wasn't. It wouldn't have taken very much to to to, to put you to put you under at that point. Yeah, there was so much scrambling around back then. It was almost kind of luck, you know. I mean, like for whatever reason, people went with Netflix and they didn't go with Blockbuster Online. And yeah. uh, you so know, Netflix was already in the game. I feel like, you yeah. Know what I mean, they 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 were the first to do it, and so they had already they had already pulled all of the 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 the, the brick and mortar rental stores. You know, they'd already peeled off all, all their customers. Their customers were already, you know, already in the fold with Netflix. So if, if mm -hmm. Netflix is already having accessible rent from home service for two, three years, and then now you're just trying to get into the game, well, those customers are already gone. They're already Netflix customers. Unless you're offering something that's that much more valuable than what Netflix is offering, there would be no reason for why somebody would go and sign up for your service. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like if it's the same price, I'm already with Netflix. If you're offering me the same movies, I'm already with Netflix. So I think they were just doomed to, they were doomed to fail, I think, regardless by that particular point. So. But, you know, yeah, there is, possibly. there is, you know, hope, you know, obviously there's that, that last blockbuster you can go visit up in Oregon. Um, you know, if you're, that would be fun. That would be fun. I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't, 
think of any reason I'd be up there for anything. I don't know anybody up there, but uh, yeah, I'd have to I, I don't, I don't miss Blockbuster enough to make a pilgrimage up there. I'll tell you no, that. No, but, I'd have um, to be it would like, be, it would be cool. I, yeah, I'd have to be like on my way to some place or something like that. You know what I mean? I'd have to already be in Oregon or on my way to Washington or you know Canada or something like that, and just like, hey, well, while we're here, we might as well make a little detour and you know stop at the the last running Blockbuster. Of course, by the time that I actually you know, need to go up that way for something that they probably won't be around anymore. They, I mean, they seem like they were kind of hanging on the vine at that particular point. So. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, I, I overall, I enjoyed it. I mean, it wasn't like an amazing documentary or anything like that, but it, it was fun. I thought it was fun. I thought it was nostalgic. Um, I didn't have the same issues, you know, I didn't come away with the, you know, the, the, the capitalism and the greed that they had, any more than any other company, I guess, at that particular point, um, that was a big, you know, the, the big factor. And then, you know, I did think that that Lloyd Kaufman was kind of a jerk. He, he seemed like it, he was combative. Like I said, I don't know what happened maybe before the camera started, but he was like, not even wanting to give them any information about him or anything. You know what I mean? He, he was like already like, well, why do you need this stuff? Why do, why do I need to? And it's just like, you're the one that agreed to the interview. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if you agree to the interview, why are you being a jerk about it? So, and he, he clearly was being a jerk. So, but that's just my take. So, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, anything else you want to add about the last blockbuster? No, no. I mean, like, I, you know, I, I do, I do have, you know, I do know what you're saying. Like, I do, I do have the same nostalgia you do. Obviously, I mean, look behind me. I'm a, I'm a physical media proponent. I still go to record stores, you know. So, it's nothing about that. I love, I miss those days. I miss the staff picks. I miss the, you know, running over there right before they close and having to pick something quick. You know, I'm, I, I do, I, I have those feelings and I miss those things too. I just, I just felt it was kind of backwards to kind of look at Blockbuster now as some kind of like underdog, uh, underdog outsider nostalgia thing when, you know, they were really more like a steamroller. And if it wasn't for the changing technology, they'd still be a steamroller. You know what I mean? So it just, it just kind of gave me mixed feelings, I guess. I wish it was a documentary about rent, you know, video rental as a as a thing, not just about the one the one chain. But uh, you know, yeah. I, I've seen worse movies, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. I mean, it, it is called the last blockbuster, so I mean, I guess if they were going to do something just about video rental, True. that would be that would be a whole other title. That would be you know, nostalgia video rentals. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? versus the, yeah. last, the last blockbuster so i mean i, I think you yeah. kind of have to go into it knowing it's mostly going to be about blockbuster well yeah i didn't even i didn't think about any of this stuff until i was watching it like i couldn't wait to watch it i was like oh that sounds like fun so but then i was like this is kind of weird but you know i don't know whatever it is what it is all right cool fair enough fair <laughs> enough well let's get into those uh reviews so i guess overall grade and face you would give the last blockbuster um i gave it a uh, two and a half out of five which is a c for me average so you know i started out like this and then by the end i was like like that so about in the middle there <laughs> cool um yeah i mean like so i liked it it wasn't like amazing or anything like that um so but i did go a little bit higher than you i, I gave it a three out of five which you know uh, is, is a pretty decent grade for me. So yeah. I went with this face, which is just a smile with no teeth. 
<laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, like I said, I enjoyed it. I didn't, I didn't have any major faults with it. I didn't feel like it did anything necessarily inherently wrong or anything like that. Um, but um, it, there, there was just nothing. Um, like I said, it, it's nostalgic in that sense, but there, there was nothing that you know, like, is it going to make me long for or miss blockbuster? I can't necessarily say that. You know what I mean? It's like, oh my god. I mean, I miss the experiences, but I mean. With Blockbuster, I mean, to be honest, I, I'm just going in there to rent a movie and then I'm getting the heck out of there. You know what I mean? It's not like it's, you know, Disneyland is closed down and you know what I mean? Like you're actually there for uh, like days and having an actual experience, you know, or movie theaters. You know what I mean? Like we miss movie theaters because we're there. We're sitting there. We're watching the movie. It's that whole experience of being in the movie theater for two hours. I mean, most of my excursions to Blockbuster or any video store you know, other than waiting in line was probably 15 minutes. I mean, there were times where I would walk around and look at all the movies and things of that nature, but that wasn't an everyday thing. You know what I mean? That was most of the time I, I kind of knew what I wanted to rent. Maybe I checked out a couple other aisles, but I, I generally knew the, the the next big movie that just came out and I wanted to rent that movie and I went in and rented it. Maybe I grabbed a couple other movies. And, you know, I was in and out of there in like 15 minutes. So, I mean, I can't necessarily say that I'm nostalgic for that experience necessarily. I mean, I do miss being able to go and being able to see everything and all in one place and not having to use my my remote on my phone or I mean my remote on my, my remote controller to like go through and see if I can find you know, other movies that I might want to watch on, on Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever case may be. So that there is something to be said about that. But I mean, at the end of the day, it is also nice just to be in your PJs and <laughs> turn the TV on and just find something. And I don't have to really think about it too much. You know what I mean? You know, especially if it's raining or it's cold or whatever case may be there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there's definitely some advantages for that. Um, but I just, I, my concern is that we are becoming that Wally nation where, you know, everything's at our fingertips and, you know, it's just like, like, you know, I mean, on a given day, like, I mean, you, we're all working from home. I mean, a lot of this is due to COVID of course, but you know, we're working from home, you know, I can order my food from Grubhub, you know, I turn on my TV, I can, you know, rent a movie or watch a movie, you know, on, on Amazon or Netflix or whatever case may be, you know what I mean? I, I do most of my shopping online now, you know what I mean? Like most of my, you know, things, I mean, sometimes I'll try to go to the store to, to, for clothing or whatever case may be, but most of the, the things that I like, I, I get from online. So, I mean, we're already in that nation where we just, you know, so everything's going to be nostalgic for us. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're just that generation where we're, we're in between, like, the, the baby boomers where they literally didn't really have technology like that. They always, you know what I mean? Whereas we kind of, we started off kind of like that where there wasn't that much technology. And then we slowly, gradually start seeing that change. Whereas, like, you know, like my son and my kids, you know, they, they don't really know anything other than, you know, the internet has been around since they were born, you know what I mean? So they, they're just used to that lifestyle. Whereas, you know, we, we were more on the go, you know, we had to go out and do things and, and, you know, we didn't have a phone attached to our hips and you know what I mean? It was just a different time. You know what I mean? So I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm more nostalgic for that time period of just, you know, like, being able to leave the house and not have to take my cell phone. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, if, if I forget my cell phone, I have to go back home and, and get it. You know what I mean? Cause I might miss something important. You know what I mean? I just miss that time period. I just, 
you know, hey, I want to rent a movie. What's out? I don't know. Let's go to Blockbuster and check it out. Or let's go to Hollywood Video and check it out and see what's out there. And just being able to do that. You know, I just I just miss that. You know what I mean? I just Yeah, you're almost there's almost too much choice now. You know what I mean? Like you, you like between all the different streaming services, it's like there's new things coming every day and it's just like um, there's almost like you're almost numb by how much choice you do have. You know, it's almost yeah. like, and I think, I think you're onto something because people who are our age and older, they really, they had this, there was a shift involved. Yeah. You know, there was a uh, shift we, involved. We, like we, we see it. Yeah. we remember things being like, you could reach out and, you know, touch them. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like we remember going to places and having that experience. We remember having that engagement uh, where everything wasn't just on a screen. Whereas, like you said, like your kids' age ages, um, they don't have that reference. So they yeah. don't have that nostalgia because it's always just been on a screen for them. So they, so I think it's for people like for people our age that we're probably the last last generation that's going to be nostalgic about that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, except you know. for there's always going to be younger people who who seek out, you know, what's different or what's well, yeah i mean it's, know, like, vin- it's vintage like vintage or retro yeah you know like yeah you know what i mean records make a comeback every few years i feel like every few years people go out and want to get vinyl you know what i mean like that's, yeah it's always yeah. something there's always going to be the purists that just love that that grainy sound and putting that needle on there and, and yeah, that kind of yeah. stuff you know what i mean um so there's always going to be those those purists um i mean you still like listen to like you know cds and things of that nature i've already evolved from i don't even listen to cds i mean i still like physical media for like movies because i'm you know i love music and i'm passionate about music but for me it's just easier just to you know on my phone just you know just oh i you know i have everything on my phone too i have everything on my phone too but i still like going to record stores you know what i mean a movie's a little different because you know i'm not i'm watching a movie at home you know what i mean I'm, i'm at home you know what I mean? I, I'm listening to music on my drive, on my commutes. I'm listening to music on trips. And so for me, the convenience factor makes more sense. You know, if I go for a jog, I'm listening to music. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm listening to music. So the convenience factor, just having my phone with me just makes it convenience. Because for one, I'm not going to take two different devices with me. You know what I mean? I'm not going to bring a, a disc man. You know what I mean? <laughs> and my, my cell phone with me to go on a jog or to go for a walk or something like that. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it yeah. just It's just not feasible. But for yeah. movies, it I, I still have that that platform where I still like uh, physical DVDs because I still like to be able to look through my collection and pick out what I want to actually watch that particular day. Whereas I don't really have that. I don't have that same affinity with music because I can listen to, you know, literally anything. This is what kind of mood I'm in that, that day. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily an album per se always. It's, it's normally just like what kind of playlist I want to listen to today. So, um, which is yeah. you know, already on my phone. And nowadays I could just, you know, you know, whatever it is, you know, I want to listen to, you know, Jimi Hendrix radio and I'm going to get all the music that sounds either Jimi Hendrix or something similar in that same sound. You know what I mean? So it's just easier that way. So you don't do the same thing. You're watching one specific movie. You're not listening to a playlist or anything like that. So that makes more sense to have physical media for, for that. But I don't know. It, it's just it's just a weird time. You know, I think for all yeah. of us to 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 remember those those events where we went into video stores and record stores and and that kind of stuff and and all those those things are just done for us you know and and like i said even with music if there was a record store if there were record stores still prevalent you know i might still stop in them occasionally you know what i mean even though i may not necessarily buy 
the DVD or, or I mean, buy the record or buy the, the CD or whatever. I'd still go in and just to check it out. If there was a blockbuster or a Hollywood video at the corner, I'm sure occasionally I would stop in and, and, and check it out. You know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. Just for, there are places here and there not to get off on a tangent, but like in LA, you know, just like record stores, like you have to go to the big cities to find them now. There's still Amoeba Records. You know, all the big chains like Tower and Virgin Megastore are, are gone. But like the, the smaller chains and the independents are still there. In Hollywood, in L.A., there's there are some actual video rental places I've stopped by. And uh, they get by because they don't have the, the big movies. Because the big movies you can find anywhere. They specialize in like the offbeat and the obscure and the stuff you can't find on Amazon Prime or Netflix. Got so, it. you know... It, it's it's just kind of shifted, I guess you could say. Yeah. So, but yeah. but to your point and your, I guess the the, the kind of gripe that, that you know Lloyd Kaufman had, even when Blockbuster was prevalent, you wouldn't have been able to find all those movies anyways. Always, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the 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 dark underground stuff. So these stores yeah. sound like they're more catered to that type of market. You know? Yeah, or just like the for the foreign films and art films and weird obscure independent films and you know like the. Uh, out of print stuff, you know, crazy horror movies, you know, that's, that's my, my cup of tea. So I love those places, even though the problem is, and it's probably the same problem they have up at the last blockbuster. I bet 99% of the people <laughs> that go to that last blockbuster, they don't rent a movie because they're like on vacation or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's kind of like when I go to those stores in LA, I love looking around, but I'm not going to rent something because I'm in a hotel and I yeah, can't play yeah, it anywhere. Uh, you know? I'm sure that's, yeah, it's just like, uh, <laughs> uh, I always forget his name, but the, the super Doug Benson, guy. yeah. Yeah, Joe, Doug Benson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's uh, like, I'm not going to rent anything, good, yeah, but, like, but I love being here. Because I'm on vacation and I'm going to be going back home, you know what I mean? Back but I love being here, you know what I mean? So Yeah, and I got to imagine that like 50% of the customers that come in or, or, or maybe more are, are in that, that capacity. They just come in for that nostalgic feeling of being able to walk around, but they're not coming into like buy anything or rent anything necessarily you know maybe they'll buy some candy to help them out you know and yeah. you know yeah. she the other thing about the documentary is you know she has to go to target and actually buy the movies i know i know yeah, to, yeah yeah in order to rent them you know what i mean so she's actually going and buying those movies in order to rent them you know what i mean so uh, like, yeah that's like, not how it used to work <laughs> yeah i'm like so you're not even like i'm like you really are seeing a flow you have to spend your own money in order just to rent the movie in order for people to come in because i was because that was my question i was like well are all these movies going to be new movies they're still watching at this last blockbuster and then you see her making like a yeah. to, like target to like go buy the movie you know what i mean that means like, like each of them got to be rented at least like four or five times for even it to be breaking even yeah you know easily Man. yeah you know wow. and i don't even know how much she's buying. if it's if it's a new popular movie then you know maybe she's renting or buying multiple ones you know what i mean if it's something that just came out on like blu-ray or dvd or whatever you know or she's renting the Blu-ray and the DVD version. I, I don't know. Or buying the Blu-ray and the DVD yeah. version. I, I don't know. So. Honestly, I think its future is probably as like an art installation. <laughs> you know? Because I, I went to one of those too, actually. Like I was in LA a few years ago. And they had like a, in this in this store, like on Magnolia Boulevard. It was really cool. They had like an art installation in the back that wasn't there permanently. But it was there for a, a time. There was like basically you were walking into a video store and like, it was so surreal dude, because it was like walking into a video store uh, when you well, like when you were a kid, like with all the, you know, like the cardboard standups and the staff picks and like the, the slides at the counter and posters everywhere and arcade games. And it was like, but it was an art installation. It wasn't real. You couldn't actually rent anything, but you walked in and it was like, 
it was like a dream or something. It was so amazing. Uh, yeah, so so much- frankly, that's probably what this last blockbuster will probably end up being the, you know, the national blockbuster museum. <laughs> For sure. And, and then somebody made a comment in the, in the documentary about, uh, you know, maybe like it, it should be like a, um, they're like, like a video store or I mean, like, but like a library. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, I mean, obviously the government would have to step in for. Yeah, because you can like check that. out movies at the library. Yeah, like, I can go like, down the yeah, street right now and check know, out they movies. Stepped in and just said, you know what? We're gonna have one of these in every city. You know what I mean? When people could just come and and rent and check out older or more obscure or more rare films that may not be streaming and that kind of stuff. I think something like that would be cool, but you know, I, I don't know if that would ever. That's that would take a lot of money and and a lot of you know effort as well for something like that. But but you know, yeah, that, that would be a cool idea. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's 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 the last blockbuster. Yeah. Sorry, we got yeah. off on a tangent there, we, but uh, yeah. No, that's that's. I mean, that's kind of good. I mean, I kind of expected us to because both of us. I mean, you and I both spent a lot of time together. You know, going to Blockbuster and Hollywood yeah. Video and and you know uh, those late nights. We got to rent something, and we only we got to pick something in five minutes. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I, I I was in that position many many times. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So yeah, well, cool. Well, uh, you know, if you're watching at home, you know, this is what we do. We we talk about movies, and you know, obviously, we get off on tangents about you know nostalgia. I know we probably sound like two old guys talking about. <laughs> You know, back in my day, we could go to. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, and we're only we're only like in our early thirties, right, Kier? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm 25. <laughs> I don't know about you, but oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm the old one. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, no. It is funny though. We're like, you know, well, back in my day, we could go and rent, you know, movies, and <laughs> you know, you had to drive and you had to <laughs> bear the cold, and <laughs> but uh, no, no. It's and like, we loved it. You know, we loved it. <laughs> Kids are spoiled, spoiled yeah. rotten. <laughs> but uh, no, that's cool. Well, you know, let us know in the comments. You know, have you seen the like the last blockbuster? Your thoughts, your take. You know, let us know about you know how you feel about video rentals in general and the shift that it made to to to, to streaming. I, I know a lot of people are you know like the convenience of streaming, but you know if you're from our generation, you probably do miss a little bit of the nostalgia of being able to go to the video store and actually seeing the physical media. So. Let us know your thoughts, your takes in the comments. As always, if you like the channel, we ask that you like, subscribe, make sure you hit that bell notification so you don't miss any of the updates. And we will be back again with another show for you guys again real soon. We thank you for watching and hope you have a great day. Bye. Bye.